0: Welcome to Beauty from the Heart. This episode is a Christmas special and has been kindly sponsored by Batiste. In a year that took us all by surprise, the rainbow symbol became one of thanks, unity and optimism. Just in time for Christmas, in partnership with NHS Charities Together, Batiste has created two limited edition sleeves for two of its best-loved dry shampoos covered in rainbows. Batiste will be donating 40p from every can sold to NHS Charities Together. The COVID-19 Urgent Appeal was launched by NHS Charities Together and it raises funds to support staff, volunteers and patients impacted by COVID-19. It supported the wonderful NHS staff across the country by providing hot meals, sleep pods and counselling, among many other things. Church and Dwight, who owns Batiste, donated hand sanitizers and dry shampoos to hospitals in the South East during Spring 2020, as staff worked tirelessly throughout the pandemic. They hope that each person that gives one of these limited edition versions of their best loved dry shampoo as a gift can also give back to a community of people who have done so much for us this year. I think it's just a nice idea when you go about picking some stocking fillers. You can find these limited edition bottles of Batiste dry shampoo in Boots and Superdrug this December. Santa, please stop here. Now, on to this week's episode and I think you're going to love this guest. Today, world-renowned makeup artist Caroline Barnes is joining me really to reflect on her journey from the beginning. To be honest with you, I've always hugely looked up to Caroline and what I really love about her is, for me, she really catches the best of two worlds. So on one hand, you can watch her videos and she makes makeup so easy to digest. But on the other hand, her day-to-day job is these glamorous projects and people and all of these wild things you could possibly dream up. And one of my most memorable moments in this year was being a part of a fantastic NHS morale boost that she organised. And I really want to share this story with you. So today, joining me down the line from her home in London, here's Caroline. Good morning, Caroline.
1: Oh, Rose, what a lovely introduction. When you said, um, like, I've always looked up to Cara, I thought that's because you're so petite and I'm so massive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You created an amazing initiative this year and rallied up all of the people from the industry Mm -hmm. that you've known and loved for such a long time. Um, But before we come on to that, I'd actually love, Caroline, to kind of go back to the very beginning of your story because I'm really intrigued to hear about it from the offset. Um, What was your earliest memory of kind of beauty and makeup?
1: Well, I suppose it goes down to... um... Our mums, doesn't it? Or the people who were looking after us. So and yeah. my mum had a dressing table and she had a chair and a little mirror on that dressing table. And she would always, before we went out or she went out, put her makeup on. And there was always four or five lipsticks right by the mirror by the door and also in her Renault 5. <laughs> and so it was just sort of drilled into me, I suppose, that you always make the best of yourself or you always look nice with your brushing your hair or putting your lipstick on. So, I was always fascinated by that. And I think everyone can agree that when you watch someone put makeup on, there is something quite hypnotic about that. And I just wanted to do something that wasn't just working from a computer or just what felt like work. My hands were itchy. And I wanted to be creative, but I went to a local state school. The arts and drama and art itself wasn't anything that was celebrated or given a huge amount of time to. So I went off and trained to be a beauty therapist and I went to Guilford Tech and did hair and beauty therapy and absolutely loved it. And It was a three year course. and absolutely loved it. But at that time, I had no idea there was a job. I mean, media jobs weren't talked about. Um, there weren't enough. Yeah. To, it was a learning process. And actually, when we were there, we had part of the beauty therapy course was doing makeup you would then go to a beauty salon and maybe have a wedding makeup done and you'd arrive at nine o'clock someone would do your makeup you'd go off to the wedding that's what makeups were then yeah um and I had this sort of almost like marks and spencer sort of christmas palette where you had two blushes four eyeshadows and three very greasy smelly lipsticks you know those ones that used to really smell
0: oh yeah yeah
1: and the teacher was like that's lovely caroline well done and i'm like oh well that can't be it I need to know more, and I badged her and badged her, and she managed to get a makeup artist to come in. And in those days, makeup artists had actual paye jobs. Of course, everyone's now freelance, and they all just had lost all their jobs and were learning about being freelancers. Anyway, so then that's where I found about doing a course at um, the London College of Fashion. Wow! And that's sort of how I learned that there was even such a job. So. It was an interesting sort of process. I, I didn't know where I was going. And I just thought, well, I fancy this. So let's just see where it leads, which instead of, I suppose, now having my own children, it's kind of quite a nice way. My mum was just like, "Yep, do what you want, do what you want. No pressure. I'm like, Well, I think you need to be doing this or you really should be going to university. Or There was no shoulds. So it was like, well, oh, just do what you feel like doing. But if you're going to go and be a hairdresser, make sure you're the best. I remember saying that.
0: And when you'd done your London College of Fashion course, what were the first makeup artist jobs you started to get?
1: Well, some people would uh, call up and ask for assistance. And I had the lady who came to London College of Fashion, she worked in television. Her friend um, was a makeup artist who did loads of comedians, who I'm eternally grateful for because she taught me how to be with people. She taught me how to look after my artist, look after my actress in a way that if I was purely a face painter, I would never have known. Um, And by watching the way that she was with, um, we worked with Lee Evans, Steve Coogan, Lenny Henry. We did big, big comedians. And in those days, they had big shows of big characters. So there were wigs, moustaches, bruises, you know, different characters that you can make. So it was so much fun in the makeup room. And then on the other hand, a lovely makeup artist who still works with, you know, amazing A-lister. Actors and actresses now, I assisted her and I just thought she was the bee's knees. And um, I went to assist her on a music video. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you this story quickly. It's so embarrassing. No, go on. I love it. I love it. So I was so determined to please and I was to do the extras So I had these two beautiful models. Now, at that point in my career, i would never made up a model, and I was terrified. Anyway, they came in, they had their massive suitcase mobile phones, they lit up their Marlboro lights, they put their high heels on the makeup table, and, you know, it was my job to try and almost just catch their face to put the makeup on. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. model who I had who was really lovely she was telling me about her new Calvin Klein white shirt that she had on and she loved it and she loved herself in it and I was just you know brilliant and I wanted her that was one thing that I would tell anyone now as a piece of advice is don't ever try and be someone's best friend. Just learn just to be professional and you will be appreciated for being professional. Don't try and be someone's best friend because it never works. Anyway, and people sniff you out as well. Just do your job, right? And I was trying to be a best friend and yeah, that's so nice. And And then because I was in such a tears, the mascara wand, which I had in my hand, swiped across her beautiful Calvin Klein white shirt. Oh my God. And my brief was to create an 80s disco queen on these two models. So I'd done some purples and pinks and glitter, and I, for some reason I'd put on this eyeliner that was really um, greasy, it didn't dry. And I was trying to get the eyelashes on, but the glue wouldn't adhere. So just picture me. Two models. Oh, Caroline. And I was trying to, I wanted this girl just to sit still and she was fidgeting around, she didn't want me around and I was obviously taking a long time and I probably wasn't doing it in the best way. I was very inexperienced and I tried to put this eyelash on and I thought, please, please stick. I'm literally going to be killed and I want to impress. And then I felt really hot and then I felt dizzy and then I fainted. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. <laughs> oh my Do you God. know what, though, Caroline, anyone that's a makeup artist can relate to the panic that you've just said and there's nothing worse
1: nothing worse and I could and I was just shoved outside in the rain oh. no one wanted to look at me let alone talk to me but I had to stay there for the whole you know time of the music video and I think... It was a band called Too Unlimited. Do you remember? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 there's limit. no
0: limit. <laughs>
1: exactly. No limits to my mess ups, to put it politely. That
0: <laughs> Do you know what, though? That's such a good point that, you know, you've learned a thing on that shoot. What are some of the things that you felt that you took from that experience in terms of what makes it a nice experience for that client?
1: I think having the experience of having novices do your makeup where they stab you with a brush or they lean on your head. Oh, my God, could you just get your hand off my head, please? (laughs) Um, Those are the things that you, once you've had that experience, you realize what it's like to have makeup put on you. If you've never had that
0: learning experience, you would never know, right? No, of course. And then when you started to feel more comfortable and you were getting more and more um, established in your career, do you feel like, was there one moment or have there been several moments that you look back on and think, oh my God, that was my big break or that's when things changed?
1: Well, then the music industry was really flying and the pop industry, especially in terms of like girl bands and female artists. So it was just an absolute joy. Um I worked with so many different bands. Um and I suppose because of that, um when I got the call to do Kylie Minogue, I guess I would say that that was quite a nice moment. And when I went to work with her, and I think we did the first job I did with her was a performance that she was doing with SMTV. Yeah. And Deck and Cat Daly, yeah. We had this beautiful um pinky glitter. All over her eyes, and I remember going, oh, "You have to watch it. It was so amazing." And she was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm sure I'll watch that." Um, and so I guess that that moment was nice, and um, it sort of paid off for all the little jobs that I had done before, and all the bands that I'd worked with, and I've you know worked with some really amazing people. That was just like this. This is great. This is nice. But yeah, there it's a stepping stone, Rose, and I feel I still now 100 percent feel that I'm still climbing up the ladder.
0: And I think when you're always excited, um, I suppose it always feels new. And, like, say, for example, I think someone like Kylie Minogue is always reinventing herself. And so, even though you probably had a long standing relationship with her, that's never going to be the same job. And funnily enough, I remember watching an interview she did when she was diagnosed with her cancer. And someone had said to her, how did you feel about losing your hair? And she said it wasn't as much of a shock as maybe it might be to another person because I was so used to reinventing myself. And I think that must be so exciting when you have a long-standing relationship with a music client that every time they have a new video or a new song, you kind of get to start the whole process from scratch again.
1: Well, that was the, the wonderful thing of working with her. She always wanted to be doing something different. Yeah, it was really nice to have that. Not wasn't that constraint of like, I need to be perfect and I need to be beautiful. She just wanted a look. And um, and that was, yeah, obviously, you know, wonderful. A wonderful experience to be to be involved in for so many years.
0: I know some of your previous clients are people like Girls Aloud, Nicole Scherzinger, Pixie Lart. Um, I feel like Atomic Kitten is on the list. Am I correct in thinking that, Caroline? Atomic Kitten, the honeys. Do you remember the honeys? Oh my God. These are some of my firm (laughs) favourites. So if this was me, I'd literally be like, the minute I've got your makeup on, please can I come and watch the concert? Like, how does it work when you're with an artist? Do you end up having the night at the concert with them? Do you use the spare time to explore the locations you travel to? Like, what does your routine look like? When you're travelling with someone that's there to perform? When
1: you're on tour, you start around about three in the afternoon. So I would go to the venue. So, say we'd be in the venue for maybe like three to five nights. Um, and you would arrive at three um, and you would set up. Then I used to do Kylie's hair and her makeup. So, I'd set up all the different hair pieces that we'd be using, um, make sure everything was ready for action, have some dinner. We would spend a couple of hours getting ready. And then, whilst the show is going on, because you have two screens either side and some of the time they were being recorded, you have to make sure that the makeup stays exactly the same because the attention to detail is key because people can see everything highly, very close up or whoever you're working with.
0: Right. Um,
1: so you would then attend to your artist throughout the show when you have what's called a quick change. And a quick change is where you dive in to almost like an enormous shower curtain, whiz it round, off with the outfit, mop you down, new outfit, another oh. layer of lip balm or whatever. And off you go again, and you're under the stage or your side of stage. Oh, or... wow! And then after the show, we would then do a nice sort of cleanse and facial and then wind down. But the most wonderful thing was it was you were sort of touring with between 60 and 80 people, so they became your family. The first tour I went on, I didn't have my own family then. Um, so it was just an extraordinary experience. And if anyone ever gets the chance to either do a film, or to go on tour to actually work and be part of a huge tribe of people like that. It's wonderful.
0: What's your favourite film or tour you've ever done in terms of the team you were with?
1: Um, Well, it probably would have been the one that Kylie couldn't complete because she got breast cancer before she went over there. Sorry, she went over there. She was diagnosed with cancer, so she came back to get better. So the Australian leg of the tour was cancelled. And we went back to Australia to do the tour, but I brought my family with me because by then my eldest was two and a half, and my middle son now was eight. Months. And um, she was like, "You have to come, please, please come." I was like, "Oh my god, I've just had a baby! I'm not come come on tour, it's ridiculous." <laughs> and she was like, "Just uh, hey, make it work." So we did. I was head of department, and that allowed me to then fly business class, so I was able to turn my ticket in. And take all my family so if you're going around Europe you would go on a bus but because it was um, Australia only we were able to fly so you know no one wants to travel on a tour bus with an eight-month-old baby of course let's face it especially if you're a three <laughs> year old dancer that's not really what you had hopes and dreams for right um so that was I, I say it's the most memorable I've had so many wonderful times um with that group of people Um, it's just that she was well and she was back on stage. And for, for, for a long time, we were worried whether she would even survive it. So when she was elevated back onto stage, um, with her glittery eyes, lashes and lips and amazing outfits, it was just a triumph. It really was.
0: And how lovely as well that you were able to experience something like that with your family Mm -hmm. and not have to choose one or the other. How did you find juggling things after you'd had your kids? Did it impact the jobs you were taking on, the decisions you were making?
1: A hundred percent. And actually, when I had my children, I kind of feel like I was one of the 1st makeup artists I knew that was having children. And I remember yeah. talking to my agent at the time, I wonder whether anyone's going to want to work with me because I'm going to be a boring old mum. And I've genuinely felt that. Who wants me on a job? And they'll think, oh, she'll have to run home to her child or she'll... It didn't make any difference whatsoever. And yes, of course, there was a lot of travelling involved in those days. We were able to travel a lot and I didn't actually want to travel as much. Um, and then actually, as it turned out, as my children have got older, there are less and less jobs away. Like I used to go away to Cape Town for two weeks to do a big advertising job or then I'd go to America for three weeks. You know, i travelled extensively in my sort of 20s and 30s. Um, and then fortunately, my career... Path changed, um, and that made it so that I could be at home more with my boys. And if I do go away, I'm happy to go away for two or three nights, but then I'm gagging to come home.
0: Oh, I bet. right
1: now I'm not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> I know it's so bizarre to think of you know being able to go everywhere and be everywhere when we're in the situation we're in now. But I think one of the nice things that has come from it is that we've all learned to adapt, that we can still have these same meaningful experiences, whether it's with makeup or something that makes us feel good, even when we're in this different climate. And one of the things I know that you actually um, have been a big part of over the years, which is an organisation important to me too, is Look Good, Feel Better. Um, now, I know you mentioned to me recently that this kind of came to you at a time when you were really looking for a bit more balance and this charity really resonated with you. So for someone that doesn't know about them, could you tell us how you came to find them and a little bit about what they do?
1: Sure. And actually, I really did have to find them at, at that point. And I just felt... You know all my all my um young years of the industry, I was doing exactly what I wanted, but I just sort of felt that there was something missing, and that was just balance and I heard that a charity was working with people that were undergoing chemotherapy and that you could go along and and help with their makeup or help teach them. Draw on an eyebrow, or you know, look after their skin, or or how to adapt when you look so drastically different. Um, And anyway, so I came across look good, feel better because they did the most wonderful things, and they still do do, but they're doing it virtually currently. But then, you would be able to choose um, a hospital that was close to you. And I worked at the Royal Marsden in the Haven, and you would go and meet fourteen ladies around a table. They would all be issued um, a bag of makeup worth over three hundred pounds. And they would all be allocated by the colour of their skin, so it would be light, medium, dark, very dark, something like that. And within that, they would have their skincare and makeups that was donated by all the different brands. And actually, a lot of the brands, whether you worked for Chanel or Dior, in Selfridges, they would donate time of their um, beauty assistants to go and obviously yeah. feel better too. As far as I knew, then I was the only industry person that was involved. So I didn't have anyone to sort of say, hey, what's it like? Or, you know, what, yeah. what do I have to do? I was very much an outsider. I was terrified. I was shaking, I was trembling, I didn't know what I was going into. At that time in my life, I hadn't lost anyone to cancer. So being around someone who was having chemotherapy was very new to me. I didn't yeah I felt unsure about what words to use. I think I felt like I was going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Anyway, so that I didn't need to worry because, of course, we didn't talk about cancer or the fear of um, chemotherapy or what's to come. We just talked about makeup and skincare. Yeah. And they forgot about the hideous situation that they are finding themselves in. And we just had a laugh and a giggle. And it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, And it was just really lovely. I could fit it into my schedule. And then after a number of years, then I had my eldest son and then it became more Tricky to kind of give my time and then I felt really bad going to do something else when I should be at home with my son and all that which comes with motherhood right feeling guilty about everything and they were like well listen if you can't do that why don't you do some promotion for us then we could really do with someone helping us um, you know spread the word because we want to grow too maybe we could do some tutorials online or maybe we could make some films anyway we did DVDs
0: brilliant
1: I've got one in my my little keepsake box. Um so you would be able to go on to the website and you could order your DVD and then you would be told how to do I think Marianne Newman did the nails, there's a lady doing scarves, Charles Worthington did the wigs.
0: Oh wow, I would love to see it. That'd still be brilliant today. Isn't it amazing how you'd expect exactly the same lineup whether it was done today or sixteen years ago? <laughs> Well, I don't know
1: what that says, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, it was a DVD. And now it's online. And now they are doing virtual workshops. And I know that myself and many of my contemporaries, I think, um, recently did some masterclasses for them to raise money yeah. to support. They're just trying to make it aware that if you are newly diagnosed with cancer, there is this support if you so need it. And it uh, honestly, if you... Are listening to this and you think well, what a load of rubbish you know there's, are better charities to support than this you know just a bit of hair and makeup I cannot tell you how important it is for women to feel like themselves yeah. or to feel better about themselves and some people want to know how to sort of construct an eyebrow or take the redness out of their skin or how to put a wig on, how to deal with their cracking nails because actually they don't want to look ill because they just don't want to be asked about being ill.
0: As you said, in my experience, when you're in a session, all of the guests just want to talk about makeup and have a laugh and treat it as a bit of escapism and just something totally different that isn't constantly talking about chemo or side effects or whatever it might be. But the other people that get a huge boost out of this look good, feel better session is the person's family members. And I've got a few moments that really stay with me of a husband collecting his wife or a child coming to see how their mom has got on. And they're the ones that have this absolute realisation wash over them of, oh my God, they look like themselves again. Mm -hmm. They look well. And it fills everyone with hope. And that can be so powerful when you are just at your absolute wits end worried about someone
1: yeah you're absolutely right and many ladies have said I just want to go home and stop everyone worrying because then I'm worrying about them I need to focus on myself I can look half decent then they'll stop worrying about me and I can just get on with healing
0: as well, even Caroline, the practical side of like, I saw a video you had done recently about moisturizers and things that you can use if you're going through chemo. And actually, mm. that's really important to have a resource dedicated to that because yeah. you just want to know what's going to work.
1: And then on top of that, again, we're all individual, and we're all unique. So what works for one doesn't work for the other. So it's, it's very hard to go, right, go to the store, buy this and you'll be fine because yeah so you can just only offer what you've learned through other people's trial and error
0: and also one of the things that never fails to amaze me is the power of makeup and beauty to bring people together like I'm sure you've had this a million times but if you rock up to someone's party and you mention that you're a makeup artist everyone there wants to ask you, what's going to suit me? Have you tried this? And that everyone just loves getting involved. And it really is, I think, a big mood booster for everybody. And I think testament to that, um, if we fast forward to this year, for someone that doesn't know what happened this summer, can you talk us through from the beginning, the brilliant NHS morale boost that you organised?
1: I suppose like many of us at that time, we were all very frightened. We didn't know what was ahead of us. Yeah. And I felt absolutely bloody useless. And I went through this whole thing for a number of weeks. My job is pointless. Stupid flipping job. What an egotistical job. Like, oh, God, I can't stand myself. I'm, You know, this is just, what could I do? What, How can I help? You know, there was one comment, um that came on my YouTube channel, and she was a nurse, and she just said, if I could just have half an hour of your time, it would make a whole world of difference. And it stayed in my head, and I think I'd gone for a run, and it went round and round in my head. And I just thought, Mm. when I was running, I just thought, right, that's it. I I can't do it all, so I'm going to get everyone to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to my husband, i hot and sweaty, I said, I've had an idea. I think this could work. It'll be a lot of work. I think, should I put it on Instagram now and ask everyone to join in? <laughs> he was like, no, I think you need to think about it first. Is it possible? Can we do it? And I was like, I think everyone could help. And then we could do like a thousand. If I got a hundred people and we all gave 10 hours of our time then we could do a thousand. And it went through this whole thing. And I luckily, I didn't put the post-run request out. And what I realised <laughs> is people like to be asked. I learned that it had to be very much direct from me. This is what I'd love you to do. And... I was scared that one, I would mess it up for you guys. And two, I would mess it up and the people having the half an hour morale boost, which in my head was just going to give them a real boost and yeah. just a little bit of strength and courage to kind of get through the next day. A bit of a treat, right? We know we know how yeah. that works. Um, and for most of these things, you're part of a group, but you don't really get that one-to-one with Lisa Eldridge or Sally Hughes or whoever. And it works. And I have to yeah. thank... Um, Max Fatcher and Cody for this because I didn't even know how to put an Excel sheet together at that time so they did all the booking side and I did all the recruitment which took hours because what had happened is that everyone closed oh of course then I had to go to everyone directly and actually realize now that's definitely the right thing if you want someone to do something for you do go directly so it just it just took a time and then as people got involved and people realized who was on board that it was a good thing to do and I knew I had to work fast because I didn't know when we would get out of lockdown so I knew everyone was at home and I it fills me with deep joy that everybody got together it's an everybody thing we all are independent people you know and for a lot of the time we're very competitive we're all going up for the same jobs we work as independent people and this is the first time in my own experience that we all came together and we rallied together And it's just amazing.
0: Something that you mentioned a moment ago that really sticks with me is that when all of this first happened, I've had these same conversations with myself. I've thought, should I really be talking about makeup at a time like this? This is really the last thing on anyone's minds. We're all going through this awful turmoil. But actually, I think we really found when we had those sessions with people working at the NHS they were in this awful pressure cooker at the time that half an hour to have a big chat about, you know, what are you going to cleanse your skin with when you get home? What are you going to do on your day off to feel really great? They absolutely loved it. And it was, I don't think they thought it was frivolous or, um, you know, too trivial at that time. And if the other person feels better, that's the ideal end goal, isn't it?
1: I wish I had screenshotted every single message that I received from the people that had the morale boost I, I was sobbing every day
0: and it was just so lovely at that time we were at the very beginning of these lockdown measures and then for us it was this day where you had loads of people to have a chat to and I really felt the power of it that oh my god I really enjoyed socializing for a day
1: yeah I know. I don't think people realised until they had done it how much they also got from it as well. And, you know, we've just felt useful. We felt like we were doing our job yeah. again. People were putting their kits out taking pictures of it, you know, dusting it down, going, right, I'm back in action now, yeah. here we go.
0: And do you know what was great? There were so many such memorable faces and people that you'd never have access to. Like, I, funnily enough, not long after we'd done it, I had Val Garland on the podcast. Mm. And um, I don't know if she told you this, but she was telling me that one of her ladies was like, do you know something, you're so like that lady off the TV that does glow up and she was like, that is me, (laughs) because they only exchange names at the very end. Everyone went the extra mile and it's just so
1: joyful. Not that you'd want to ever think, oh, let's do it again, because obviously that comes with, um, you know, something awful as well. So I hope it doesn't ever happen again. But it does show you that one-to-one context and someone actually, when you're caring for people every single day, and that's your job, there is nothing nicer than that being
0: reciprocated by somebody else. Definitely. And when you're looking at the beauty industry, Caroline, and you know, you've been in the industry for many years and worked with so many people, who do you think is doing really great things in our industry?
1: Well, I think Beauty Banks, um, Joe Jones and Sally Hughes are just awesome yeah supporting the horrendous ridiculous poverty in our country i mean it's just shocking to believe that that can even be existing um and it's great that we are in a position where we do have an abundance of of beauty products that we can share so it's nice to be able to do something that actually isn't that much effort
0: and what do you want to see more of from our industry
1: well i just want honesty i think rose i don't I don't want the BS. I'm not interested in it. And I think, actually, if you do have a large following, it's really important that you are honest. And nothing is over-filtered and you're not screaming about products that are dreadful so that you yeah. can get from it financially. So just be honest.
0: And one last thing, Caroline, I'd love to know. You know at the moment I feel like we've had this really tumultuous year and no one's quite feeling themselves or not feeling as sparkly as they usually would at a good time. For someone that's listening and they're just feeling a bit downtrodden or stressed or whatever it might be what are some of your tips to just feel like the best version of yourself again?
1: I don't know why, as humans, we aren't naturally kind to ourselves. there's any psychologist listening, they'll be able to answer me straight away. But naturally, as human beings, we're just not kind to ourselves. and It's something that we have to to learn. And that might yeah. be the fact that, oh, you must think, actually, do what? I'm drinking too much. I need to stop drinking three glasses of wine every night. And rather than it be like a bad thing, like an abstinence, actually, no, that's not good for me. I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm going to go and do some yoga. I'm going to... Have a juice, or I'm going to go and take all the makeup that I've got and I'm going to sit really quietly towards a mirror, towards a window, the nice light, and I'm going to go through everything and try and make the best of myself. Whatever it is, it's just taking a little bit of time. But there's also so many things that you have to bloom and do. As a doing person, one thing I have learned through this time is that if I have a rubbish day and I do not achieve a single thing, because I like to achieve something every day you know just within work or whatever or get my to-do list done I'm not talking about major things at all but if I a day I don't do anything properly or right I just think oh well never mind and I've accepted that rest before it would really annoy me that I've wasted a day which seems quite silly so just just be kind to yourself and let yourself get away with a few little things I suppose
0: Well, Caroline, it's been so nice having a bit of a trip down memory lane with you today. Um, For anyone that wants to reach out or have a little binge of some of your videos, tell us where we can find you. So Caroline Barnes Makeup,
1: originally, um, on Instagram. (laughs) And then I go under the name of Speed Beauty um, on YouTube because I wanted to create um, films that were really concise and informative. I, I think they are but they're not yeah. very speedy they did start at 15 seconds on instagram when that's the only time that we had on instagram and i'm doing really 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 really, quick tip <laughs> 15 seconds and that'll be it um but hopefully if it's not speedy it's concise um and that's on youtube
0: brilliant well caroline thank you so much for joining me and i hope you have a lovely lovely christmas
1: thank you rose take care my darling
0: Thank you so much for listening and a big thank you to my producer ella for putting that together for me i hope you enjoyed you can reach out at rose gallagher on instagram i'd love to hear your thoughts and i'll look forward to seeing you again next week take care